Who are the players trying to fill the shoes of college football legends? And which coach's seats are so hot it leaves griddle marks? Well, we break down every team, player and coach in the Big Ten Conference right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. Give me a follow on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. The month is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and features, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's dive into the Big Ten Conference, including football champions listed in the official NCAA record book. Big Ten teams have compiled 295 NCAA and football subdivision national championships during their years of membership. The most recent came in the 2014-2015 season when Ohio State won the inaugural college football playoff championship beating Alabama in the semis and Oregon for the natty. And if you think it's hard to get into the playoff, try winning it. Why? Because you have to win basically two national championships back-to-back. And I had a chance to speak with legendary head coach Urban Meyer on how tough it can be. That was so physical that we had to really alter all the plans I had for practice for the national championship game because our players are so beat up. We had to get them healthy for that next game. And that's a, that's a grind now. You go from playing the, your rival to the Big Ten championship yeah, Big game and the final game. All right, let's fast forward to the present. There are five Big Ten teams in the top 25. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, and Penn State. And with Alabama ranked number one, I asked Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yardbarker, what teams will be vying for that number two spot and who has the best chance of dethroning the boys from Tuscaloosa? You know, I, I don't – I think – as you as we approach the season, one thing I've noticed about some of these these other teams, and you're going to have the usual suspects again. I, I think Ohio State is still the class of the Big Ten. Um, I think they've probably got the talent to you know certainly win the conference and, and find themselves in a position to be in the national championship game. But what about the other top 25 ranked teams from the Big Ten? Jeff says, don't sleep on a pair of programs that will look to rebound this season. You know, another team to 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 watch. And I think this was to me in the big 10, there were two teams, really Penn state and Wisconsin, Penn state had a historically poor start to their season. Um, and, and then managed to, to win their, their final four games and, you know, bring themselves back to respectability. I mean, so I, again, I think they're going to be better. Uh, Wisconsin was an interesting team because they looked to me in, in the first couple of you know, that first week of the season, when they, they blew out Illinois, uh, with with quarterback Graham Mertz, that they were going to be something special in that league. Uh, Mertz then got COVID. He was out for a while. They really couldn't couldn't find anything. You know, they they had no rhythm. They were struggling to score points. Uh, but they again, they you know they they 
picked it up a little bit at the end. So I expect Wisconsin and and Penn State both to have better seasons with Wisconsin. Uh, probably uh, the team challenging. And to me, again, I think a favorite to win that West Division. So let's take an in-depth look at every team in the Big Ten Conference. Starting in Columbus with the Ohio State Buckeyes, who went 7-1 overall and 5-0 and in the Big Ten last season. In the 2020 postseason, they defeated Clemson 49-28 in the CFP semifinal at the Sugar Bowl, but lost to Alabama 52-24 in the National Championship game. They were ranked second in the final AP poll, and they returned eight starters on offense and five on defense. And I asked three-time national championship head coach Urban Meyer the big question on everyone's mind. What if you don't put the in front of Ohio State? Well, it depends where you're at. If you're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, it's okay. If you're in uh, Tuscaloosa, it's okay. If you're in Columbus, you kind of they get after you a little bit. So we expect the the in Ohio. All right. Well, I'm glad I used it then. <laughs> okay, maybe that isn't the biggest question heading into the season, but one on the top of everyone's mind is who will replace Justin Fields? Because now the Buckeyes will be looking for a new signal caller after two-year starter Fields departed for the NFL. Fields did it all for Ohio State in his tenure as he led the Buckeyes to a 20-2 and record while guiding them to two college football playoff appearances. While only in Columbus for two seasons, Fields still ended up being one of the most prolific QBs in Ohio State history. So he's definitely tough to replace because the five QBs on the roster have a combined for only three career pass attempts in the FBS. The most touted of the group, however, could be newcomer Kyle McCord. Ranked 31st overall in the 2021 ESPN E300 class, McCord is the second highest QB recruit the Buckeyes have ever landed since 2006. Only Terrell Pryor in 2006, he was ranked fourth, was higher. Some other notables on the roster, C.J. Stroud, a redshirt freshman, passed for 104 yards, and Jack Miller III, another redshirt freshman, passed for 284. But the Buckeyes have a gem under the headset, as head coach Ryan Day has been virtually unstoppable. Since taking over full-time in 2019, they have a 20-2 record, which includes a perfect 16-0 record in the conference. But once you get out of conference play, specifically against non-conference Power 5 teams, they tend to struggle a little bit, going just 1-2 and two and giving up almost double the points and yardage in those games. The Buckeyes are going to have to find a way to rise to the occasion outside the conference against marquee opponents. But in the Big Ten, Ohio State has won 18 straight conference games, the fourth longest streak in Big Ten history. The Buckeyes have at least a 70% chance to win all of its conference games, according to the Football Power Index. So let's take a look at that road ahead. The Buckeyes open the season in Minneapolis against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Overall in the AP poll era, Ohio State is 12-0 when opening the season against a conference opponent and 2-0 in situations since 2017. They also have a marquee non-conference matchup with Oregon. And Zach Barnett, National College football writer for Football Scoop, has this game as one of the best of the upcoming season. It's a return trip for a game that never happened. We were supposed to get one of those you know, special non-conference games last year with Ohio State to, to visit Eugene, uh, where, where we were going to see um, you know, maybe the best Oregon team in a long time. 
uh, host Ohio State. Obviously, that didn't happen. But Oregon gets, gets Ohio State uh, breaking in. What, this will be what their second game under a new starting quarterback. So the, the Ducks have a fighting chance in this one. Yeah, the two-time defending Pac-12 champs visit the four-time defending Big Ten champs. It's going to be a good one. And it's nothing to quack about. Ohio State is 9-0 and versus the Ducks. Most wins without a loss against a single opponent in school history. And they also renew the border rival with Michigan in Ann Arbor on Turkey Day. What a feast. The two programs have played every year from 1918 to 2019. But last year's edition was canceled due to COVID cases affecting the playing of the game. And the Buckeyes are looking to add a conference ring to the thumb. Because after winning the Big Ten Conference Championship for the fourth consecutive season, Ohio State will look to yet again be the last one standing in Indianapolis for a fifth straight year. And wow, already the first team in Big Ten history to win a conference outright four consecutive years. A win this year would give them one of the longest outright consecutive conference titles runs since FBS major classification began all the way back in 1937. And according to the FBI, the Buckeyes are on track to win it again. The Football Power Index gives Ohio State a 70% chance to win the conference, well ahead of Wisconsin's 11%. Ohio State has beaten 21 straight Big Ten foes, including Big Ten championship games. Now let's head to the big house in Ann Arbor for the Michigan Wolverines. They won just 2-4 last season and no postseason or final AP rank. A lot had to do with the COVID-19 outbreaks in the program. That is one of the worst seasons in recent history. Their win percentage in 2020 was their worst in a season since going 3-9 and nine in 2008. So will the Michigan faithful be yelling, Go Blue or Go Away Harbaugh? Head coach Jim Harbaugh signed an extension that keeps him at Michigan through the 2025 season. So we bring back Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yardbarker, to know if Harbaugh is still on the hot seat. Listen, I, I'm pretty familiar with that program and have, and have you know done a lot of stuff with them over the years. And it's the the one that's the one program that baffles me about you know still keeping him in charge. And you know, no sooner do I write this story and he gets a four year contract extension. So <laughs> you know, how how hot is that? How hot is that seat? Um, but it's. I, I think it's just, I don't know. I don't think it's a matter of, of loyalty. I just really believe that they feel he's the guy, maybe from a respectability standpoint, that they're not, he's not going to do anything to embarrass the program, except the fact that he can't beat Ohio state, which is embarrassing enough, but you know, it, 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 you're not going to see anything really go wrong off the, the field. Um, to me, if you listen to the people and you read this stuff that comes out of, out of Ann Arbor, they're actually kind of excited about this season, and and I still don't buy it. I don't know if if I still don't believe Harbaugh makes it through that four years. I think something happens. Um, you know, they've got questions of quarterback going in. I think their defense will be better. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson is is a good defensive end, uh, probably you know an elite All American type player. Uh, they've got you know they got a good edge rushing game. You know, last year they were kind of they had players that that were so many players were in and out of the lineup. Quiddy Pay never really had a had a chance to get going at all and you know sat sat more than seemed like he played in in 2020 and then he'll be off to uh the pros so it's really about establishing themselves and i think that's another team kind of in that mold of lsu that was okay with writing off last year and saying well you know there's an asterisk next to that because of everything that was going on i do expect them to be a better team but i don't think they're going to be 
as as good as a team to consistently win every week and contend, especially in that in the in that division. And I certainly don't think they could beat Ohio State. Yeah, like you said, all roads lead through Ohio State, though. Michigan did have a good recruiting season. And, and that's the thing. That's what's going to, you know, I could honestly see in a couple of years, maybe even as early as, as 2022, that this could be a team that will be back to that prominence and, and be a top top 10 team where you do believe that they have a chance to beat Ohio State. Because it sounds weird and we keep bringing it up, but really that's that's how they're measured is they, you know, we saw that a few years, a couple of years ago where they were great. And then they go and they, they lay that egg against Ohio State. And if you can't beat them, that just, it's like you've taken that step back in, in a matter of three hours, you know, that's in your progress as a program uh, in, in that particular year. So really it, it's to that level. If you feel that you can beat the best team in the big Ten and one of the, you know, the arguably the top four or five teams in the country, then if you can't, then what's the point, you know, but uh, they still believe Harbaugh is the guy. Uh, maybe they just don't want to go through the, the Wrong rigors game. of trying to find, trying to find another coach that may only last a few years as opposed to they believe he's the right guy that that can can build this program and keep it steady we'll see all eyes in ann arbor are on harbaugh especially on whether he's able to develop a quarterback the position was a disaster in 2020 joe milton started five of six games and posted a 56.1 qbr and that's good for 13th out of 14 big 10 qbs with 100 attempts and that aforementioned Milton has since transferred from the school. Now, Cade McNamara, who was the hero in relief of Michigan's win over Rutgers, where he threw four TD passes and rushed for a TD, becoming the first player in Michigan history with four pass TDs and a rush TD in a game away from Michigan Stadium. However, he started the final game of the season versus Penn State and struggled completing 12 of 25 passes for just 91 yards in the 27-17 loss. But Jeff Mazidlo likes a new face in Ann Arbor. Alan Bowman, who played at um, Texas Tech, threw for a lot of yards, over 5,400 yards. Uh, he is, uh, he will be joining, he transferred to Michigan. He'll, he, he'll be uh, joining the program in the summer, and he'll be a guy who to watch for potentially as their starting quarterback. So that will kind of, step up the game a little bit for for the Wolverines. And they desperately need someone to step up their game. Bowman brings with him plenty of experience, having started 16 games over the last three seasons at Tech, where he went 8-8 eight and eight in those games. He has a 60 QBR in his career, which ranks 14th out of 17 Big 12 players with 250 pass attempts over the last three seasons. Another name is J.J. McCarthy a freshman who was the number 25 recruit in the 2021 ESPN 100. That is the second highest ranked QB recruit to commit to Michigan out of high school since 2007. The only one higher was Ryan Mallett because he was 12th overall recruit in 2007 and Mallett transferred after one season at Michigan. But the Wolverines were red hot on the recruiting trail. And I spoke with Eric Froton, college football analyst for NBC Sports, about their haul, especially after the Michigan Wolverines flipped defensive tackle Rayshon Berry from their in-state rival, Michigan State. How did it affect their move into the top 10 spot in the recruiting rankings? I mean, it's, it's really tough to downplay the importance of what Michigan did this year in recruiting. You know, a lot of, lot of speculation. Harbaugh was taking a lot of heat 
taking a lot of heat. I, obviously, I'm sure anybody two, who's two and four season, uh, you're probably going to get some oh, heat. Right. Not, not beating Ohio State, going to get some heat. Yeah, the khaki's getting hanged up. Are we hanging them up? We'll see about that. You know, obviously, anybody who uh, follows college football, you have friends in your sphere that are Michigan fans. It just simply comes with the territory. Sure. And I know that my Michigan, uh, my Michigan alum uh, network was really upset with Mr. Harbaugh. That being said, you know, you look at what he did on the recruiting trail. Number 10 overall in the nation. They got in the, the top 10. Unreal. Michigan hasn't been doing. They're, they're at that level. You know, but gosh, you go out, you get J.J. McCarthy, you get a five-star quarterback. And we've seen what happens to five-star and four-star quarterbacks in Michigan during the Harbaugh area. It hasn't mm. been an illustrious mm. list. You know, we heard all about Joe Milton last year. My gosh, did we hear about Joe Milton in the summertime. And they also signed fellow four-star defensive lineman George Rooks. So they're not doing too bad after going two and four. Not doing too bad at all, absolutely. And, I mean, they needed to revamp their offense, too. It's, it's a different world we're living in here. You know, the three yards in the cloud of dust, that's not happening anymore. Brought in a, another highly, highly touted borderline five-star recruit uh, in Donovan Edwards at the running back position, which you know, has been just kind of a rotation under the hardwire, you saw Zach Charbonnet. Everybody had big high hopes for Zach Charbonnet. He hit the road, and he's over uh, in the West Coast now. You yeah. know, he, he hit the road. Blake Corum was a, a top 25 running back in last year's class. He kind of gets filed in. You know, it's Chris Evans, the, the dependable senior, got a ton of work last season. So they're kind of clearing the deck. There's more opportunity, and I would like to see, you know, Harbaugh really get behind because you watch the film on Donovan Edwards. The kid's real. The kid can play. Ranked 41st in the entire country in terms of, uh, you know, overall recruit. Third best running back. He's a huge, huge land. And even more importantly, and it gets to, you know, when we talked about Rashad Benny, who is a late flip, who really was a, a big flip from Michigan State to Michigan. Four-star, you know, D-tackle. They're both Michigan guys. And they've been losing the, the in-state Michigan recruits to Ohio State. And you got, you know, Donovan Edwards coming in from West Bloomfield. You got to be able to recruit those big recruits in your backyard. You can't have them getting poached. And by him getting, you know, Edward signing, another one, Raheem Anderson, uh, center from Detroit. You have to keep those guys in. In uh, Giovanni El Hadi, I'm sorry, another offensive tackle. They've done a lot of work on their offense in this class, and you're going to see that reverberate for the next few years because they need a QB. They obviously need JD McCarthy. And, uh, you know, when it comes to building a program from the ground up, I, I mean, I think they took the right approach here where they realized they, they have to be attacking, you know, and they can't just sit there and wait for the transfer of Shea Patterson's to come in. So uh, I'm really excited to see what J.J. has to offer here, Donovan Edwards. And, and their whole, you know, really a blue-chip recruiting class. Christian Dixon, another four-star wide receiver since Nico Collins is gone. Uh, I'm excited to see what Michigan can do. And this is a step in the right direction to be able to compete with Ohio State. This is yeah. what you got to do. You got to win on the recruiting trail if you're going to win on Saturday. Yep. They'll be recruited at an elite level despite their disappointing 2020 showing. And the Wolverines are getting defensive with Don Brown fired. And Mike McDonald was brought in from the Baltimore Ravens to be Michigan's defensive coordinator. McDonald was previously the Ravens linebacker coach and will look to return to form for Michigan's defense after it struggled in 2020, leading to Brown's dismissal. And the path forward will not be easy, as the highlight of Michigan's non-conference schedule is a home date with Washington on September 11. It will be the 13th meeting between the schools all time, where Michigan leads the series 7-5. And it's the first since August 31, 2002, 
a 31-29 Michigan win at Michigan Stadium. And as mentioned earlier, Michigan will host Ohio State on Thanksgiving weekend. And the Buckeyes have won eight in a row versus the Wolverines, their longest win streak in the history of the rivalry. They can tie the longest win streak by either team in rivalry history this season because Michigan won nine in a row from 1901 to 1909. Then Michigan travels to Madison in interdivision Big Ten play. Madison has been a house of horrors for the Wolverines of late. They lost five games in a row to Wisconsin, including each of the last four by 14-plus points. Their last win came in 2001, and it's the only time in the AP poll era that Michigan has lost four straight road games versus a single opponent, each by double digits. And speaking of the men from Madison, let's talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. They are coming off a 4-3 and three season in 2020 and have a 44% chance to win the West Division in 2021. That's the highest percent chance of all teams. And Wisconsin's going to be seeking their first Big Ten championship since 2012. And according to Bet Online, the Badgers' regular season win total is set at 9.5. And excluding 2020, they've gone over their total in three of the last four years. The Badgers have been usually good on the defensive side of the ball, in part to one of their assistant coaches. And Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, thinks he deserves a bump in pay. I think the one guy that uh, is going to be in line for a raise is uh, Wisconsin's Jim Leonard. Uh, he, he had an opportunity to go take, this, take the same job with the Green Bay Packers and uh, turned it down. And so you, you have to think Wisconsin is going to give him a, a sweetener to, to stick to have him stick around. But this is a guy that I think is on the track to be a a you know obviously an NFL coordinator, a major college head coach, and potentially even an NFL head coach down the road. Uh, and I I think uh, his future is extremely bright. And um, I mean I think if you're Wisconsin, you got to realize you're on borrowed time for as long as. You can keep this guy in your program. But much of Wisconsin's struggles came on the offensive side of the ball as they ranked near the bottom of the Big Ten in most offensive categories. So who is the big cheese that will ignite the offense? One player the Badgers will look to take a step forward is sophomore quarterback Graham Mertz. He completed nearly 75% of his passes in his first two games last season, but threw more interceptions than touchdowns over the team's final five contests. In not-so-guda news, Wisconsin has struggled recently against ranked teams going 0-3 in 2020 and lost five straight overall. They opened the season against the ranked Penn State squad. That is the Badgers' second-toughest game on the schedule, according to the FPI. Wisconsin has a 54 chance to beat the Nittany Lions in Week 1. But the Badgers' matchup with Notre Dame in late September has Zach Barnett salivating. If you're Notre Dame, you know, Regular games with with Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Purdue, but because they, you play those teams so often and you have that scheduling agreement with the ACC, you really don't get too many games against the, the other Big Ten heavyweights. So to, to get Wisconsin, obviously, uh, we, we lost the game at, at, at Lambeau that was supposed to happen last year, but to, to uh, see this neutral site game at, at Soldier Field in Chicago, I think it will be a really special game. I think it will be a really special atmosphere. Yeah, that atmosphere will be electric, I'm sure. 
So let's head to Happy Valley and the Penn State Nittany Lions. They're coming off a season in which it finished below 500 for the first time since 2004. However, the Nittany Lions finished the season strong, winning its final four games after opening the season with five straight losses. And will the real Nittany Lions quarterback please stand up? Penn State is also looking for Sean Clifford to bounce back in 2021. He threw a Big Ten high nine interceptions last season after throwing just seven in 12 games in 2019. Clifford also regressed throwing against man coverage, completing just 44% of his throws and had a QBR of just 50 in 2020. They hope new offensive coordinator Mike Yorsich can help him grow. And as mentioned, Penn State heads to Madison to take on Wisconsin in week one. Next, we have the boys from Bloomington, the Indiana Hoosiers. Indiana is coming off a 2020 campaign that saw them go 6-2. The Hoosiers' 7-5-0 win percentage was their best in a season since 1967 when they went 9-2. So I asked Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, has head coach Tom Allen made Indiana a football school now? Well, I think Indiana basketball uh, owes just as much credit for that given that they haven't given the Hoosiers much to cheer for. But, I mean, the job that he's done is remarkable. Um, they were arguably the the second best team in the conference this season, uh, going to Ohio State and playing uh, the Buckeyes to within a touchdown. It, it's a weird situation where you know you you let a guy go and then the guy on staff proves to be you know a clear upgrade. But that's clearly what's happening here. He he gets the school he wants to be there. Uh, they've gotten better every single year that he's been there, and there's really no reason to believe that won't continue. Yeah, Allen stands at 24-21 and 21 in four full seasons after taking over for Kevin Wilson in 2016. That includes a 14-7 and seven mark over the past two seasons. And it's really great is the 11-5 and five in the Big Ten. And Jeff Mazidlo, sports writer at Yard Barker, has them as the team to keep an eye on. You know, another team who I think potentially looking to build on and maybe be even better than they were last year, which is kind of saying a lot because they were pretty good, is Indiana. Oh, yeah, and- the Hoosiers. And to me, a lot of that is going to depend on uh, their quarterback. You know, Michael Penix, he's a really an exciting player. And uh, he got hurt for his ACL last year. And you know, he didn't do anything this spring, obviously. But uh, all signs and reports uh, look that he'll be ready to go come, come fall. And that's something that uh, should excite Hoosier fans. Because I think uh, right now, maybe for the, I think for the first time in my lifetime, certainly, and I'm pushing 50, that... Uh, the basketball the football team is actually better than the basketball team at Indiana. So, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of excitement there. Now, are they good enough to, to take on Ohio State in that division? Probably not. Although they played Ohio State extremely competitive last year in a very in one of the better games of the Big Ten slate. Um, but I think they're going to be right back uh, where they are. I think they're going to be. Uh, 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 they'll have another winning record. They got a um, DJ Matthews, who's a receiver from he's a transfer from Florida State. He's going to provide some excitement. Uh, there, they got you know they've they've got some guys that are going to need to step up at running back, uh, but they've got a nice little stable there. Uh, they did lose their their defensive coordinator, um, but they, one of their linebackers coach um, Carlton Warren is stepping into that spot. And this was a unit that just barely allowed 20 points a game, so they believe that they can be better in in that area. And if they can, then of course they're going to be in a lot of ball games, and they can again. The, the, you you have to kind of you know the caveat has to be there: are they good enough to beat Ohio State? Probably not. Um, 
the question will be though is they can beat everybody else. They're going to be in every other game, I believe, and this is going to be a team that could find themselves on a you know in a pretty nice ball game come come the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Tom Allen has made the Hoosier State think more about football than basketball of Most late. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Jeff mentioned, QB Michael Penix is returning in 2021. He missed the final three games after tearing his ACL. He did miss spring ball, but is expected to be ready for the start of the season. And the collective sigh of relief you heard around the Hoosier faithful, that was the announcement that Ty Freifogel was returning for his last year of eligibility. Freifogel was named Big Ten Receiver of the Year in 2020 and ranked among the top five in the Big Ten in a number of categories. He was also the only Big Ten player to eclipse 200 yards receiving last season, and he did it twice. Freifogel was Penix Jr.'s go-to receiver on downtown throws, as all six of his past TDs on 15-yard throws went to Freifogel. And a big challenge for the Hoosiers comes right out of the gate as Indiana opens their campaign against Iowa on September 4th. And how about those Iowa Hawkeyes? They rebounded from an 0-2 start and won their final six games in 2020. Back for the Hawkeyes is first-team All-Big Ten running back Tyler Goodson. Goodson was one of the best running backs in the conference, leading the Big Ten in evaded tackles. In that Big Ten last season, Goodson ranked third in rushing yards, fourth in rush TDs, and a good blend of speed and power, ranking second in yards after contact and first in evading tackles. And after their season opener against Indiana the following week, the Hawkeyes renewed their rivalry with Iowa State after not playing last year for the first time since 1976. Iowa has won five straight over the Cyclones. So I spoke with Zach Barnett, National College Football Writer for Football Scoop, on how special this game for the Cyhawk Trophy will be. On a personal level, this might be uh, my most anticipated game, simply because of what it's going to mean to everyone involved. I think, uh, you know, if COVID gets to where we all want it to be, uh, I, I think you could possibly see more people in Ames for this game than any have ever been, just given uh, what we've all been through and then the, the stakes of this particular matchup. Um, you know, as I write, Matt Campbell has, has done a lot of things that have never been done before at Iowa State, but he's never beaten Iowa. And so, I mean, in, in Iowa State, I mean, they bring back, uh, I think, more super seniors than just about anybody. So, you know, I, in general, I think the 2021 college football season is going to be a special one given that there's going to be more returning experience uh, across the board than any season in recent memory. And the fact that last season was so weird with, with basically no non-conference games and, and really no phase of the game. So the fact that we can hopefully, hopefully get a normal season with packed stadiums, I think we'll, we'll embrace it all the more. And I think, I think this Iowa-Iowa State game is kind of the, has a chance to be kind of the epitome of all those storylines rolled into a single game. Yeah, the Cyclones are looking good, and they met 67 times, and Iowa leads that series 45-22, to and the schedule keeps getting tougher, starting on October 9th at home against Penn State. Now let's travel to Evanston and the Northwestern Wildcats. Wow, Northwestern came out of the 2020 season red hot, opening the season 5-0, and but then they stumbled, going 2-2 and over the team's final four games. 
The Wildcats reached the Big Ten title game for the second time in three seasons, but were outscored 16-0 in the second half in the loss against the Buckeyes. And bad news, the Wildcats lose a number of members of the defensive unit. That was one of the best in the Big Ten and the country. Greg Newsom left early and was drafted in the first round. They also lose linebacker Patty Fisher, who was named a linebacker of the year in the Big Ten. Now they open their schedule on September 3rd against Michigan State and have a brutal final four games of the season against Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Now we track to the Twin Cities and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. After going 11-2 in 2019, Minnesota had a down year, finishing 3-4 in the shortened season. One bright spot for the Gophers was running back Mohamed Ibrahim. He was the lone Big Ten rusher to reach 1,000 yards. And he set the Minnesota single-season record for rushing yards per game, and his 15 touchdowns were tied for fourth most in program history. And the Gophers can't just hide in the hole early in the season as Minnesota hosts the reigning Big Ten champion Buckeyes on September 2nd. So let's cruise to College Park and the Maryland Terrapins. Mike Loxley is entering his third full season as head coach, and he delivered by signing the 18th best recruiting class in the nation, which is the fourth best in the Big Ten. And that even caught Eric Froton, college football analyst for NBC Sports, by surprise. I, I definitely want to say in terms of winners, you know, it needs to be mentioned and it should be, you know, this is in terms of the top 25, the most impressive recruiting performance of the entire top 25. You can even date it back to last season too. Maryland. Oh, yeah, the Terps. Head coach Mike Loxley, former, former lead recruiter for Alabama. Right? Go, He's a go recruiting machine for Alabama. Yeah, there goes the tree, the coaching and recruiting tree. You know, it's those those tributaries, those branches, man. They, those guys go out and they do well. Um, it's just an incredible job done by Mike Loxley. Brought in an absolute superstar in five-star wide receiver Raheem Jarrett last year. Who he's gonna? It's his time. It, get ready for him this season. Baby Two is gonna be out there slinging the ball, and he's mm -hmm. gonna it's gonna be the Raheem Jarrett show. I'm very excited about watching them this year. But, um, you know, he thought about getting the superstar or five-star last year and bringing in baby Tua, you know, via transfer, exactly. moving in, boom, right in, goes up, and remolding the program in his image, and that's what we like to see, 18th in the country, Maryland. This is Maryland, the Terrapins, mind you. This is football, not basketball. Yeah, exactly. 18th in the country, fourth in the Big Ten. I mean, it's amazing. They pulled a kid out of Miami, Terrence Lewis, who is a five-star inside linebacker out of Miami. When you're in Maryland, you pull and get kids from Miami out, man, you're I'm on the board recruiting. You're doing it right. You know, that's an inside linebacker. You got Brandon Jennings, outside linebacker from Jacksonville. Again, going into Florida. Their therapist, Corey Coley, a safety. Jacksonville, again. You know, and it's just an absolute murder row. Damian Robinson, uh, Keeping it in-house. The best recruit in all of Maryland, for my money, West Weekside defensive end. Four-star. Got him. Kid out of D.C., Taze Johnson. Another defensive tackle. Four-star recruit. Again, another Maryland kid. Tommy Akinbesote. Four-star from Marlboro, Maryland. He's, he, you know, so you look at what he's doing. Everybody. The top guys in his state. He's locking them down. And it's a good place to be. You know, recruiting out of Maryland and D.C., you know, that's that 
D.C., Baltimore, good places to be recruiting talent, keeping them in-house, but also going into the South, also going into Florida, which is a hotbed, and getting some big-time talents out of there. Cannot say enough about Mike Loxley. He's an innovative offensive mind you. I'm excited to see what that offense has in store. I think they'd be extremely outstanding. It was the Terps' second top 20 class since joining the Big Ten in 2017. They bring in two linebackers who were ranked among the top 40 in the ESPN 300 in 2021 that Eric mentioned. That should help out a unit that allowed over 426 yards per game, which ranked 11th out of 14 teams, and a rush defense that allowed 230 yards per game, which ranked 13th. On the offensive side of the ball, Maryland brought in Dan Enos to be the new offensive coordinator. Enos helped Cincinnati to a 9-1 and record in 2020 and is inheriting a quarterback with a name he is familiar with, Tulia Tugavaloa, the younger brother of Tua, who Enos coached at Alabama in 2018. Tulia was solid in his first year as a starter, ranking near the top of the Big Ten in a number of offensive categories, including third in passing yards per game and ranking second in yards per attempt. And the Terps look to get out of their shell against West Virginia at home on September 4th. Next in our Big Ten Conference preview, we have the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Scott Frost is in search of his first winning season since taking over at Lincoln. The Cornhuskers have finished below 500 in each of the last four seasons. The first time they've done that since they went six consecutive seasons from 1956 to 1961. And he's back. Back for the Huskers is three-year starter Adrian Martinez, who had maybe his best season with the program in 2020. He set career highs in completion percentage, total QBR, and off-target percentage. One area for improvement is cutting down on the turnovers. Martinez has committed 35 turnovers over the last three seasons, which leads the Big Ten and is tied for third most in the FBS. So what is the word on the street of Lincoln, and where is this program headed? I spoke with 2001 Heisman Trophy winner Eric Crouch about what the Big Rand fans are saying. You know, they asked me about the Nebraska football program. What do I think of, you know, about the program and where it's at? Because it is, you know, a hot topic for, for many of us here. And, you know, is Coach Frost going to be able to do it? Is, you know, they asked me about our quarterback and, is Martinez going to be able to, you know, get us a championship? You know, I get all these types of questions when I'm out and, you know, I just tell them have patience and, um, you know, Scott's the right guy. And I, and I got faith in Scott to do the right thing and to get the right culture back here in the program. And, and, uh, you know, most people agree. And what would you tell the players if you could be in the locker room, what would you tell the current Husky team at the start of the season? Well, uh, I, I would say that, you know, play without fear that, you you know, that the expectation of where, you know, everyone thinks that Nebraska should be, I would say, don't think about that. Uh, just go out and play the best football that you can. And, you know, the, the fans that Nebraska are going to support, it, you know, you've <laughs> over the last five or six years, you can tell I'm still full of people. And um, even though they haven't had winning records. So the fans are going to support the program. Well, that support is going to be behind the Cornhuskers who look to turn it around in week zero against Illinois. Now let's get away to Piscataway and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. 2020 was Greg Schiano's first back on the sidelines for the Scarlet Knights, and it was a success. Rutgers won as many games in 2020 
as it did in the previous two years combined and the 240 points scored last season were their most since 2015. And a big reason was wide receiver Bo Melton, the dynamic playmaker for the Scarlet Knights, ranked among the best in the Big Ten in many categories, including sixth in receptions, fifth in receiving yards and touchdowns, and first in missed tackles. And scout and NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts says, pay attention to Bo. So he played at Cedar Creek High School, and he was one of the best uh, high school football players that I've ever seen in person. And he was a track guy, too. He has a track background. He had a really nice season this past year for Rutgers. And, you know, obviously, Shiano coming back, um, Coach Greg Shiano, you know, getting things turned around after what was some bad years for Rutgers. But I, I do think that he took some big steps forward this year as a technician, as a route runner, after contributing his first couple of years. But I really think that he kind of put – put it together a little bit he I had an opportunity to talk to him and he spoke about his his uh wide receiver coach Tyquan Underwood who was a very good wide receiver at Rutgers as well and played in the NFL for a little bit and just his maturation as a football player and I I think that the track background helps a ton he is super smooth in and out of breaks he has some route quickness to him you know I, I really think that he creates some instant separation and then I think that he's a kid that legitimately could run in the four threes. I think that he has that speed element to him. So I think Rutgers has some nice prospects this year in general. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bo Melton is, at the end of the day, potentially a day two player when all is said and done. Yeah, all he does is score touchdowns. Bo was voted team captain and led the team with nine touchdowns. That included six receiving, two rushing, one punt return. And he has a 56 points scored and 942 all-purpose yards. Rutgers will host Temple to kick off the season on September 2nd. Now let's head west. Well, West Lafayette and the Purdue Boilermakers. The biggest question mark for the Boilermakers heading into the season is who plays quarterback. Both Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer saw time last year and each played pretty well. Let's look at the Purdue QB comparison in the 2020 season because it's pretty close. O'Connell had a completion percentage of 65, Plummer 71%. And even their TD to interception ratio was similar. O'Connell with seven TDs to two interceptions and Plummer with eight touchdown passes to just two picks. Now the QBR is where it gets a little different. O'Connell's QBR was 76, while Plummer's was just 67. And despite the loss of Rondell Moore, whoever is under center should be in good hands as first team all Big Ten performer David Bell is back. Bell ranked second in the Big Ten in receptions, and his eight receiving TDs were tied for the most in the conference. They also need to find a run game, though. The Boilermakers have ranked among the bottom of the Big Ten in rushing yards over the last three seasons. On the defensive side, they do have a star at the end position, one that scout and NFL draft analyst Ryan Roberts says is heading to the NFL next spring. George Karloftis right now, he graded out a little higher because I think that he has a little more of a higher floor right now because he is a guy that is super physical, plays with his hair on fire, is a better athlete than people are, are kind of giving him credit for. I think that he kind of hits all those boxes, checks all those marks. Um, I great. I compared him to Kyle Vandenbosch, who was a really good player with the Tennessee Titans for a few years. So I think that that's kind of what I'm looking at stylistically. Karlaftis was named a second team all Big Ten last season but only started three games before missing significant time due to injury and COVID-19. He still led Purdue with a pair of sacks and had four tackles in his limited action. 
Purdue will host Oregon State in their season opener on September 4th. Now on to East Lansing and the Michigan State Spartans. Mel Tucker enters his second season with the Spartans after an up-and-down 2020. They went 2-5 with one of those wins coming against a ranked Michigan squad in Ann Arbor. The bad news for Sparty, they were outscored by 120 points last season, their second most in a season in program history. Now, Tucker is known for his recruiting, but he hit the transfer portal hard to help fill some of those holes on the roster. He added former Temple QB Anthony Russo and grabbed former Wake Forest running back Kenneth Walker III. Walker rushed for 579 yards and 13 scores last season. The other notable players added via the transfer portal, offensive lineman Jarrett Horst out of Arkansas State, defensive end Drew Jordan from Duke, linebacker Ben Van Sumner from Michigan, and cornerback Ronald Williams out of Alabama. So Michigan State travels to Evanston to take on Northwestern on September 3rd in the opener. But it's the matchup with in-state rival Michigan that is so special. How big is this game? Well, former Spartan Jalen Watts Jackson, hero of one of the greatest plays in college football history, gives us a peek inside that rivalry. Oh, man, it's, it's something like no other. I feel like we can be on our way to go to the national championship and it wouldn't be as intense as Michigan, Michigan State week. I, it's workouts, uh, training table, practice, film, meetings, no matter what aspect you are in. Of, of Michigan week, it's all intense, you know, and it's all in. pinpoint focus. So it, it's, it's definitely something like no other. Well, besides Michigan, what's the other favorite rival to face? The one you circle when that schedule comes out? Oh, uh, well, you know, it's always good to play uh, like, you know, your Ohio State and, you know, your Penn States. But honestly, the, the Big Ten is getting so stacked now with, you know, players. Like, I feel like it's just a competitive uh, conference and it's kind of like every game coming up is like a rivalry. Oh, we got Northwestern. Oh, we got Indiana. It's all it's history because we've been playing in this conference for so long. Battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy is on October 30th at Spartan Stadium. Now let's pop some corks on our way to Champaign and the Illinois Fighting Illini. Illinois is the lone program that has a new head coach in 2021. However, Brett Bilema knows his way around the Big Ten as he spent the first seven years of his career at Wisconsin. He led the Badgers to a 68-24 record and a share of two Big Ten titles during his time there. So I asked Jeff Bezidlow, sports writer at Yard Barker, if he thinks Bilema is a good fit. Oh, no, it's not a, it's not a, I don't want to, it's not a, you know, a high, it's a, yes, it's a Big Ten school, but it's unfortunately a, a you know, football hasn't been good to that school in uh, the last couple of decades. Now, they didn't go to a bowl um, two years ago, but I think it'll be interesting to see because Bielma's been out of the game for a few years and things didn't go very well at, at Arkansas, but it seems like his place is the Big Ten. And this is, you know, he's a Big Ten guy, had a lot of success at, at Wisconsin, um, and now he's coming to Illinois, which really needs, it seems like every year they need to be reworked and they need to find an identity because you don't know. So I'm going to be interested to see what he's able to do with that program and if they could maybe find themselves to be like the Indiana of, of last year, this year, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know if that's, he can do that right away. Um, they do have some, some talent there. Um, but again, that, that's a, that's a coaching hire that scratched my head a little bit when it happened, 
but now I'm I'm kind of more intrigued to see how it how it turns out. Well, it hasn't been going well for the Illini in the past as they have not finished above 500 since 2011. The nine consecutive seasons under 500 are tied for the second longest active among current FBS programs. Back for the Illini is Brandon Peters, former Michigan quarterback. He missed three games last season due to COVID protocols, but has been solid during his time in Champaign. In 2019, Peters had 18 TDs and only eight interceptions. Last season, he threw three touchdowns and no picks. Illinois hosts Nebraska in their season opener in week zero on August 28th. All right, it's time to go for two. Get that kicker out of there. Two final points. Two huge college football futures at Bet Online for the Big Ten. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud is fourth in the odds to win the Heisman Trophy behind Georgia's JT Daniels, the Sooners' Spencer Rattler, and Alabama's Bryce Young. And finally, in the college football futures at Bet Online, the lone Big Ten running back on the Heisman board is Minnesota's Mohamed Ibrahim. You want more? Well, listen to the prior episodes and check back next week because we'll have more conference previews leading up to the kickoff of the college football season. And of course, Believe in College Football Legends is presented by Bet Online. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.